Football, baby! All right, here we are. It is Losing Sucks Late Night on a Thursday, a football Thursday. Travis, happy football, happy 2022 (laughs) NFL season. We are finally underway. Rams and Bills, Bills and Rams. We got to watch a game. We are here reacting to it, giving you some information that we have heading into week one we've got some big picks that we want to break down some instant reactions we've got over under talk and a bunch of other things that are on our mind that we need to get out there into the universe but first of all travis how are you it's late for us here and we've got some football to break down and we are feeling (laughs) mixed emotions mixed emotions dustin um Something that I found during the game, let, let I'll give you three things. First, I think 25 managed leagues with notifications is far too many. Everybody felt like they should give me the play-by-play as if we were not watching the game together. Um, yeah. Second, the Rams look terrible. And for somebody who has acres and a, a little bit of acres, actually, I thought I had a lot more. Uh, I went into panic mode like halfway through the first quarter and realized... I only have two shares, so that's fine. Allen Robinson, go. though, I believe is my most owned receiver in Dynasty, and that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson was nowhere to be found. He had no chemistry with Matthew Stafford whatsoever. It's not like he was being thrown at and they weren't on the same page, so maybe the maybe chemistry is the wrong word, but it was sure. just a Cooper Cup show, uh, and it just kept yeah. it kept happening over and over again. You, and you got to think, what will it take for it mm-hmm. not to be that show. So, I mean, I want to I want I want to react to that because that's that's actually we're very it's very early right now and Twitter hasn't quite got a hold of the narrative yet. You know, you're going to see some things. People are going to say some outlandish things on the internet and you're going to hear some videos of guys saying Allen Robinson is washed and this offense looked awful, but you have to remember, take it with a grain of salt. This is not what the finished product will be. This is not what this offense will be. You are going to have so much change, even in just the next two or three weeks. Because let me let me paint a, a rosier picture for you, Travis, and for myself, because I also have Allen Robinson on some of my rosters. Allen Robinson is not the safety blanket of Matthew Stafford. And when you're facing a top defense, not just not just one of the top defenses, but probably the top defense in the NFL. They looked at just tonight. got better with Von Miller. And you have a Rams offense that is struggling on offensive line, trying to find its identity again. Matthew Stafford had no choice but to roll out of the pocket many times, and he knew exactly where Cooper Cup was going to be. He doesn't have that chemistry with Allen Robinson yet. That's okay. You're you're not you can't be expected to just have that week one. Now, granted, you want more than one target. So that is something that I I definitely like. I'm not saying there's nothing to worry about, but I'm not saying like go and trade away Allen Robinson because you have to kind of look back on what you know about the Rams, know about Sean McVay. These guys are going to figure it out, and they're not always going to face this defense. 
check their schedule. I want you to go look who the Rams are facing next week and tell me that doesn't make you feel a whole lot better because Allen Robinson and this offense are going to get a turnaround, but let's let's focus more on this game real quick. Um, have, you know, Let's talk about your man, your guy that you've drafted in a whole bunch of leagues and you've talked about on the show, Cam Akers. Yes. Um, two shares across Dynasty and Redraft, but a lot in best ball um, right. because I thought the value, he just kept falling and falling. It looked like that might have been for good reason. Daryl Henderson right. rarely left the field, which was a shock to everybody. We did not get a single report that yeah. Cam Akers was not ready to go for tonight. In fact, Sean McVay said Akers and Henderson are both, quote, good to go for tonight. They, Co-starters, they're, they're listed. You know, it that was not sucks. The case. And Akers looked fine. I mean, sure. it wasn't I, like well, he was out there looking terrible. I don't know, man. He didn't look exactly explosive. I, uh, there were some times when two he couldn't carries, break through a tackle. Two carries, both times the defense was already in the backfield. And then on the pass where Matthew Stafford threw it seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, he made two guys miss <laughs> and got back to the line of scrimmage. Which in PPR is a positive play, so congratulations! Oh on come that. on, we're gonna are we doing this right now? That, when we I, just in my head when that happened, because I have him in a standard league and a PPR league, I'm like, yes, I got a, right. I got half a point in one league. There you go. I the still same right. play. So what you're telling me is that there is actually a silver lining for Cam Akers here. It's that he did give you some positive points when he was on the field. It could have been a lot worse. So. It's not I just like, like James Cook, for example. When James Cook first one touch carry of his career had. fumble, he got the Ronald Jones treatment. He is clearly the number three in that backfield, and that was established tonight. Sure. Um, Singletary looked like the clear number one. Zach Moss got a lot more run than I thought he was going to get. So yeah. it, it felt it like looks, it was more out of necessity. It looks right now, at least for the first few weeks, we could see very little Acres and James Cook. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Obviously, from looking at that game, Cam Akers, whether it's just confidence from the coaching staff, not one, wanting to expose him to more than he's ready for at this point. You know, I know me and you have kind of had our, our jabs going back and forth between how I label it, you know, him coming off of injury. But to me, he is still coming off of an injury. He came back, sure, after five months, but who really knows how close he was. He was just maybe just able to join a field. But... I'm still in the camp that he's 13 months removed, 13 and a half months or so removed from an Achilles tear, which is still within the range that normal athletes are just now starting to return from, from Achilles tears. So we're, the jury is still far from out on Cam Akers and his role on this team. Like you said, we might not be seeing him or James Cook, much of them, in the first couple of, of weeks. And that's, like, that's I mean, kind like of you okay. said, Atlanta is in LA next week. Are you more comfortable sure. starting acres? I'm not. Cause we don't know I'm not. what's going no, on. I comfortable. I mean, he's a flex consideration, I guess if, if you're a pinch, but like it's week two, you know, at that point. So you've got other I don't options. I think you can start him until he at least plays 40. To Some 50% people might not have an option. Some people might play. not have an option. Played, I, I understand. Might, I like, mean, I think he had three looks all night. Like you're so, talking about a guy you spent a fourth, some people third, fourth, fifth round pick on. You already you have to have throw that to, out of the window. 
No, I hear you, but like, what are your other options? Like, all right, so maybe if you have like a guy like Kareem Hunt or you know, yes, all day long for sure. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely oh, with you. You're but saying, okay, if if that if you don't have him, if you have Cam Akers, then you're like, okay, I, I'm set for a little while. Like, you're in a really tough spot. So, Naeem um, Hines, Kenneth Gainwell. Those type of guys, I feel More like they're things already are going to have to unfold. Like storylines are going to unfold, and Cam Akers is far from safe right now. Yeah. On the other side of of uh, the ball, to, let's go back to the quarterback position. Though Josh Allen looked like an absolute MVP, we knew sure he did. would. You know the interception that he threw, the first one picked right out of the hands of Isaiah McKenzie, and then the. Really good play by Troy Hill making the play on the ball thrown to Jameson Crowder over the middle. But Josh Allen, man, on fire, accurate, 26 of 31 for 297 yards. Had some scary rushing plays. Maybe it's just me because I see him rushing, especially in that fourth quarter where it's like the game's over. Why are you running the ball? But Josh Allen is a man. The stiff arm, absolutely obliterating guys. He's just he's going to give you these highlight plays every single week it feels like and this offense just looked different especially against a team that had granted it's a different team now it's a different season but they won the Super Bowl you know and the Bills just absolutely rolled them so I think I think you still consider the Rams yeah. a great defense oh, they're, they're going to be good and them, at so. home but for Josh Allen to just absolutely lay waste to them is is incredible what do you think of Matt Stafford, though, um, in terms of – do you think are, – are, are you already sounding the alarms? Or are you, got, are you also going to give him some leeway before we move on? Uh, not going to sound the alarms too much. He looked bad tonight, but I think the Bills will make a lot of people look bad, even elite. For sure. And Stafford is an elite quarterback, I think. Right. First week – um, after missing a lot of time in the off season with a lot of new new faces there, um, well, well, missing Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, they they said it over and over again yeah. on the broadcast. We thought yeah. Allen Robinson would would step in and be a a comforting force immediately. He might be. Sure. I would not be Eventually. surprised to see Allen Robinson go for a hundred yards and a score next week against Atlanta. I think it was. It's one of those things where a great defense and the bills looked at tonight mm-hmm. could very well just shake up everything. Um, e- even what we think about elite players. So no, I agree. And better days ahead for the Rams. It's just a disappointing night, especially after a long off season, you, right. you would want a shootout and it just didn't happen on. Both that's sides. what you were looking forward to. And only one side really delivered, but you know what? There's a lot more football to look forward to. We have so many storylines that we're looking forward to on Sunday and we get to watch them all unfold Sunday and Monday. Travis, let's talk about some things that we are looking forward to seeing now in week one. We've got, uh, like I said, a litany of positives that are yet to turn into awful, awful games and break our hearts. So give me some things that you're looking forward to. Hit me with a few topics that you can't wait to to see on Sunday. All right, number one, Devontae Adams versus Renfro versus Waller. I want to see against a good team that we're expecting to be and a good defense in the Chargers. Right. What is the pecking order here? Obviously, we all think it will be Adams. I believe Waller is the two is the second option there. A lot of people think that Renfro will still out target Waller. Uh, we'll see. I think I'm just really curious to see 
McDaniel's with the new with the new weapons, is it going mm-hmm. to be uh, more of an air show or is it going to be a very balanced attack? Because a lot of people yeah. that drafted Josh Jacobs in the fourth, fifth, that's kind of a polarizing topic right now. Yeah, you know, we can we can spend a, a couple seconds on that because you mentioned the the passing weapons when look, the running back has always been a productive part of a New England style run, uh attack and Josh Jane, Josh McDaniel's bringing that over. I think people are a little bit lower on Josh Jacobs, that's my, just my personal opinion, but Devontae Adams, you brought up Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Mean you've gone back and forth talking about how Hunter Renfro, you know, I I think Hunter Renfro is going to be the number two. Darren Waller, obviously very talented. And I think he and Renfro are probably going to split the two duties um, in in that offense. You think Renfro is the two across the board? Like, I think Waller has more catches, yards, and touchdowns. Do you think Renfro grabs one or two of those categories? I think I think he can for sure. It, like I said, it's going to be back and forth each week. I think each of them will have like Renfro will have wide receiver two upside each week. Okay. I especially in PPR. I mean, he's not going to score like your Devontae Adams level touchdowns. What we've talked about in the past, though, is that Darren Waller is probably going to see higher efficiency in the end zone or in the red zone because of the coverage that's no longer just yeah. shadowing him all over the place. You can't afford to do it. So I think this offense is still going to run. But week one against a stout Chargers defense, maybe something to keep an eye on. It, what, what Cooper Cup just did tonight, like setting that stage again at that high of a target volume, I think he had 40% of their targets. Is mm-hmm. is absurd, and Devonte Adams could come out and have twenty five percent and get eight or nine, to yeah. eight maybe eight to ten targets, six or seven catches, and people will feel disappointed because of what Cooper Cup is doing. But for sure. I do think, you know, I'm I'm on board with Devonte Adams being around that top five to seven, maybe eight receiver. Sure. If Renfro or Waller gets banged up, I I think he's in that top three, but. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. Waller over Renfro. You're Renfro over Waller, just as far as pecking order. That's why it's on the list. I'm excited to right. see what do they do against what we expect to be a good Chargers team and, and hopefully a shootout. Absolutely. What about you? What, what's the first thing you're looking for? First thing on my list, and we've talked about him, you hate him with a passion, but Tua <laughs> Tungavailoa, he is a polarizing topic because now he affects so many of our beloved fantasy weapons in the community. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, you know, we got Chase Edmonds who a lot of people are hopeful for. And this offense facing the New England Patriots week one, a test because, you know, Bill Belichick is no slouch coaching up a defense. That offense has some questions, but that's neither here nor there at this moment in time. Tua is either going to fuel the fire um or he's going to answer a lot of questions i think tyreek can can definitely make it work for him i think in that system they're going to ask him to have a low a dot which he's comfortable with taking some smart calculated shots downfield so i like tua but i'm really interested to see how he performs because that's the kind of the linchpin for the whole the whole operation there they've got a backup quarterback that they're ready to put in teddy bridgewater at any point um, I think Tua struggles to throw the football. I think a yeah. You don't even against, think he has any hands to throw. I think it. against Bill Belichick, Week One, after an entire offseason to prepare to go one and zero against a division rival, he's already seen Tua last 
last year. I don't know if you call it rivals really with the Patriots, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I expect a a decent enough game from Tyree Kill just because I think they force feed him. I expect a mm-hmm. quiet Jalen Waddle start coming off injury, interesting, missing a couple of the most recent weeks with Tua. Um, sure. Chase Edmonds monitor the groin injury. He oh, may they said not. He's good. They said he's good. He may not be 100 percent though. Um, it, we could see more of a split than we will most of the season. Um, he's also a high risk. That that's the type of injury that you're you can pull again at any point. So it's like a hamstring. Um, I, I was reading a right. lot of stuff on Twitter today from actual doctors who also play fantasy, and they said they are pretty cautious. Uh, be be cautious with Chase Edmonds. Oh, if man. he goes out there and has tweaks anything, it's going to be a shutdown type situation. That's so. not what you want to hear. Uh, uh, number two. Up, fire up your Miles Gaskin. I am looking at, with no Brian Robinson, does Antonio Gibson get 25 touches against the Jaguars? It Ooh. sounds lofty, but in a game script that should be fairly even, I think Gibson should carry the ball 18 to 20 times. Maybe he gets four or five catches. Um, 25 is probably as high as it will go, but I think he could get really close to it. I'm excited for the start of the season for Antonio Gibson. It's unfortunate what happened to Brian Robinson, but I have a lot of Gibson. So maybe I'm just, you know, how we tend to do in fantasy where we have the guy. So we kind of talk ourselves into this narrative, but against the Jags, if he doesn't get off to a hot start, completely healthy with no actual backup then right when will he so antonio gibson let's go man yeah it's a fair narrative i went and looked i'm like i saw this on our show sheet and i'm like 25 touches there's no way then i went and looked there were times last year when he had 30 touches 27 yeah. you know 29 so granted some of he those was out yeah so it's, it's not guy. it's not you know astronomical but it is something that like you hear 25 and you're like there's no way because that is it I just, they have Curtis Samuel now, and I feel like the way that they want to use these other guys and kind of not use Antonio Gibson for everything, regardless of if he has the talent, I think that Ron Rivera just wants to use other guys. And if he wants to use other guys, he's going to find ways to use other guys. So I hear what you're saying. Maybe he does get to around 20, a little bit, you know, like in that neighborhood. But that'll be something interesting to see um, how that backfield plays out. I think they have to get somewhat of a lead. Uh, For if sure. If they're up a touchdown or 10 in the second half, he has a lot I've got the Jaguars chance. in that game. I've got the Jaguars in that game. So Yeah, if uh, they go down, it's going to be a lot more JD for sure. Yeah. Speaking of some other narratives and some running backs that we've talked about, you know, one team that likes to run the ball, you've talked about Elijah Mitchell in the past, and I want to talk about their quarterback because you know what? He's also facing a quarterback – uh, that I am a fan of. Trey Lance faces Justin Fields. Talk about two young mobile studs who could turn into fantasy assets this year. Trey Lance, again, is the quarterback for the weapons that most of us draft You know, in the upper mid to very high rounds. Debo Samuel, a, you know, a very talented but um, highly drafted you know, second, third round guy. And maybe we don't see Kittle here. Does that help hurt Debo? Does that help hurt Ayuk? Who knows? 
But Trey Lance and Justin Fields be on the field. I want to see that game play out. More to come later on the show about that matchup. But I want to see what Lance does to quiet the critics, or will he pour gasoline onto this blaze that is the handsome Jimmy G? Because whether I believe it or not, people are talking about the media, and you have to know some people in that locker room are questioning, okay, is Trey Lance the actual answer here in this locker room? And Jimmy G is a guy who they've had success with, success with in the past. My question is, does Trey Lance, like I said, does, does he do enough to take the questions out of the minds of those who, who are asking them, or are more question marks going to pop up? So Sunday's going to answer those. Out. I think he balls out. I know you've I got hope him so. at number three on the week. Right. I do think that Trey Lance is a top 10 quarterback this week. So, I mean, if he's not, there's I don't think there's that much freak out yet. I don't think Jimmy's fully ready anyway. It'll mm-hmm. be a little while, but... It's the Bears. It's like playing the Texans or the Falcons right now. I, I know it's hard for you to hear as you sit from your Bears cup and your Bears hat. <laughs> However, I think Trey Lance gets it done. I think Elijah Mitchell gets it done. I'll talk about Mitchell a little bit later in the show. Sure. I hope Kittle plays because Kittle makes a lot of difference in the run game. But I think he's going to need to. Even if he doesn't play or if he plays for a half and they get up, I think they'll be able to do whatever they want against the Bears right now. The 49ers well, you know, the Bears, are just a really good team. To put some context on it, though, the Bears are actually really good in in pass protection. So, or uh, in I'm sorry, in pass defense. So we'll we'll see how that goes as well. There's another All big right. matchup that I know you want to talk about, Travis. So go ahead and hit me with uh with that right now. The third thing I'm looking for right now, this weekend, I'm excited to see the Chiefs offense outside of Travis Kelsey. Will will we get any predictability? I know that uh, Mahomes said earlier this week that it's going to be a little bit frustrating for fantasy owners because it's going to be or could be a different guy every week between Juju, Sky, Smith-Schuster three running backs they have a lot of weapons the Chiefs always feel like they do have a lot of weapons is because that offense gives a lot of guys opportunities right but we've had some sort of predictability with Hill Kelsey you know Hardman is not really predictable but you know what you're getting in Hardman we don't know exactly what to expect with Juju and MVS and Sky so obviously one game is not big enough of a sample size to say okay this is who they are but in what should be a shootout against Arizona I I'm curious to see is Juju the clear number two there like Tyreek and Kelsey were the one-two punch I predict that will be the case but I think people are sleeping a little bit on MVS he kind of got overshadowed by the the rookie hype and he's a good player when he gets vertical he can be really effective yeah for sure absolutely the matchup that I'm looking forward to this week is the Ravens and the Jets. And to answer the question that Ian McCarthy has left for us on YouTube, Oops. talking about Bateman or Elijah Moore, Bateman is one of the guys that I'm excited to watch along with Brees Hall being on the same field, watching these two guys actually get some run with the guys that they're going to be playing with all season. Rashad Bateman would be my pick, Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore at your flex position. I think he's going to have more scoring opportunities. But Rashad Bateman, going up against a Jet secondary, that is going to have some questions. Granted, they have Sauce Gardner, who has looked great. But, again, 
rookie cornerbacks their first game. I'm going to need to see them prove it. Rashad Bateman has some proving to do as well. Brees Hall, though, on the other hand, the first week, really rough week to go against your, in your first NFL game. I've got him way down my ranks this week. He's probably, I think he's my running back 31 this week. So Brees Hall, yes. don't panic the, this, this season. The Ravens are just a really good defense. He should be so, better than Cam Akers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. God dang, man. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be much worse than Cam Akers. That's, um, it's, that's going to uh, hurt for a couple days. Real quick to, to answer uh, Nathaniel Prito's, uh, I hope I got that name right, um, question. Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, or Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'm going Melvin Gordon there in, in a full PPR league. I would go Devontae Parker. Gross. Um, but that's that <laughs> that that's your prerogative there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rashad and Brees Hall are the two guys in the Jets and Ravens matchup that I'm looking forward to to watching at, you know in week one. Travis, it's our it's our first week though, week one, and you know what that means. It is time for our big picks of the week. Th- these are our picks that we, you know, one guy at each position running back, quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end, who we predict that are going to outperform their projection in a half-point PPR league by five points or more. So I'll let you lead things off. I'll let you lead things off. Let's start with that quarterback position then. All right. Hit me with who you have because I feel like I'm not going to be shocked in the least by this, this guess here. I don't think anybody will be shocked by this. Um, Kyler Murray, it feels like a chalk pick. But to reiterate what you were saying about the big picks, these are guys that we think will drastically outperform where they are projected points-wise on any site. Kyler Murray, for me, is going to go off. This is the highest uh, projected point total by Vegas on the season or on the week with 53 points over under. I see a lot of fireworks from both sides here. Kyler Murray averages just under 40 rushing yards per game in his career. Mm -hmm. I expect a 50-plus to 60 60 yards on the ground game for Kyler Murray. Given they're going to have to play catch-up. When they get in that mode, when Kyler gets in that mode of, we have to keep up, I have to do whatever I need to do, and Mm -hmm. not this scripted look to the sideline let's manage this game they're not going to be able to do that it's going to be all hands on deck whatever you need to do keep the drive alive we've got to keep up with these guys field goals aren't going to do it those type of games kyler murray is a 30 point quarterback yeah we just saw josh allen start the season with 30 i think kyler gets to that 30 um tough my prediction for kyler with Mm, okay with hollywood and zach ertz I believe Zach Ertz is healthy. He should be good to go. Um, I think 325 total yards. I just said 50 to 60 on the ground. So I think 260 to 275 through the air. Three total touchdowns, maybe one on the ground, two in the air. Oh, man. On tap for little Yoda, Kyler Murray for me is a 30-point quarterback week one. What, What say you? I, I got to tell you, I disagree. Uh, and I'm a big Kyler fan. I should have worn my Kyler jersey, you know, um, so graciously given to me by you. I, I, I appreciate that. Yes. But Kyler Murray is, he finds himself on the low end of, uh, of an over-under. The implied points, they have the Chiefs winning this game by nine points. So 
it it's wild to me that that Kyler's getting you know as much you know leeway a runway if you will. Granted, the running up, the rushing upside is huge. I don't know that I see a thirty point game in week one. I, I I'm just hesitant because you have this matchup where Andy Reid is one of the best coaches at week one. That especially with. Patrick Mahomes, who is arguably the best quarterback week one in the last few years. So it, it, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that Kyler Murray gets out to a fast start. I don't know, with I mean, especially without D-Hop there, Rondale Moore probably not looking to play, Zach Ertz banged up. You have an, another year older A.J. Green, Christian Kirk's gone. You have Hollywood Brown, but he hasn't Garbage played. Garbage time. Garbage. Your your argument a, is garbage it's time a and shootout, and they will be coming from behind. There's not going to be here. James Conner rush it twenty twenty five times. Well, sure, but like it how is going we, to be dump we, offs. It's going to be running no, around and finding know, somebody man. and keeping the drive. I this is just I, where Kyler Murray we, like we it just looks watched ugly. a game. We just watched a game where the a good team was supposed to be coming from behind, and how did that work out? You know, coming from Stafford behind doesn't like, move. He he how. 40 rushing yards on sure. the season last year. 43 but, on the season for Stafford. How? Uh, let me. Over how under many times 43 I, for Murray week one. Under. <laughs> okay. Be, because how many times have we said it on this show? We want teams that want to pass, not teams that have to pass. So I, I just, I do. I Having to pass, I think, leads to low efficiency. So I'm, I, I'm in disagreement. Uh, the rushing upside kind of gives you a safer floor. But I think he has I'm, to run a lot, which he's still inside fantasy, my top ten. Just... He's still inside my top ten. He's my quarterback eight this week. Okay, but I'm not ready to give him that thirty point week. So you're my around co- twenty two to twenty five. Yeah, an average Kyler week. So all he's got to do is punch in a rushing touchdown and get that. Sure, 30. absolutely. He's not going to kill you, but he's not going to be this. He he won't be the reason you win the week, in my opinion. Now right, my quarterback. This, wait, answer this okay. question real quick. All right, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, we actually have three quick questions. Why was okay. Cam Akers invisible? I don't think he was physically ready. Um, f- not from the Achilles. I think there was a soft tissue injury a few weeks ago. Mm. I don't think he was fully ready to go. Or they just loved what Henderson gave them in this game plan, and they were wrong. Henderson was fine. Um, sure. He looked good. But I think Cam Akers could have done the same stuff that Henderson did tonight. So maybe we'll against Atlanta – they start to get him more work. We just said on the beginning of the show, though, if you have another option, even if it's if the other option has been ranked lower all offseason, it's okay to look at that. You have to stay water, what right. we call it here. Um, you have to be okay starting a Gainwell or a Tyler Boyd or somebody like a different a different type of flex until you see Cam Akers get enough touches to be startable. Um, right. Second question, Dustin, you can take this one. Sure. Um, who do you think is the two there? Obviously, Hollywood and Ertz. Do you think AJ Green is on the field as the two for the whole game? Well, I mean, if, if we're talking about if we're talking about who the number two is, I mean, you just said it. I think it would be Zach Ertz. But if you're talking about pure volume, you know, AJ Green's probably going to be the technic, you know, the technical wide receiver two. But uh, in terms of target volume, we could very well see James Conner again lead the team in in, in targets. That is not far, you know, far fetched um, to think. So my my answer to that would probably be I. 
I mean, AJ Green might have you know four or five targets, but I don't, I don't. They, the way that they use him, he's more of a red zone threat, if anything. Yeah. So, and then to answer Nathaniel's uh, question about his defenses, he's asking who should he start at defense: Chiefs versus Arizona, the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys, or the Steelers versus Cincinnati. Um, I'm probably gonna go with the Bucks because what what do you want in a defense you want interception possibilities you want teams that are going to throw it a lot for those interceptions and then because they're throwing a lot you get sacks as well so what better way to get sacks than to face a beat up offensive line like the cowboys have so that's where i'm going i agree of those three if you have to pick one i would go bucks however surely there's something better out there um uh, Any, almost anything would be better. Uh, sure. so one that I've seen out there a lot is Philly. The Hard Knocks hype is real. People believe in Detroit. I love it's, Philly. Love their defense. I still think Philly get, is going to get after it week one. Check and see if Philly's out there. Uh, we'll check know. We'll check here in a minute and we'll see, see if there's we'll some see. other streaming options. Let's move on, though, to the next big pick. Uh, my quarterback for week one, a guy that I've been touting all offseason, as many have, his weapons. I love this offense. Every single piece. It is Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And how ironic, how revenge uh, narrative-y it is week one. Russell Wilson facing his former team, Seattle, who just so happens to boast an awful pass uh, defense. And you know what? That's a team we talked about it earlier. That offense uh, was one of the lowest volume because the defense could not stop drives. The offense for Seattle last year saw one of the lowest volume. Uh, it was one of the lowest volume percentages um, of the last 10 years because the defense could not sustain drives. The defense was on the field for the most time out of any defense by far last season. So what does that tell me about this game? It means Russell Wilson, one of the most efficient quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time, is going to lead long extended drives, and we're going to see these weapons score a lot of touchdowns. My projection for Russell Wilson in this game is 310 easy yards and two passing touchdowns at least. Fire up every single weapon you have for the Broncos because, you know what, Broncos country, let's ride. (laughs) That's a great pitch there. Um, Conceptually, this is something that year in and year out, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it always comes into my head. When there is such a mismatch, which we expect Broncos versus Seahawks to be. Right. I feel like Russell Wilson has to do a lot of damage in the first half because once they get up 10, it's the Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon show and they will control the game. Russell Wilson loves to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, control the game third and four, third and five. He rushes to the sideline, sticks the ball out first down. Now let's run another five minutes off the clock. I don't sure. expect it to be a shootout. It's kind of weird because like they play a terrible team and you're like, Oh, they're going to murder them. But a lot of times, they, mm-hmm. quarterbacks finish these games with 200 yards because they did all their damage in the first half. They get up 10 or 15 and then they just run the clock out. Sure. Um, but it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I sure. can see it if, if he, if Seattle gives them any kind of juice on the other side to stay in yeah. the game, then yeah, I think 300 is, is pretty easy, but I just don't think to they're going to need yeah. to. To the point about them, you know, running the clock out that we're seeing in the comments, 
yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a possibility. But Seattle is not not as bad against the run as they were the past. Granted, they don't have Bobby Wagner anymore, but this this defense was actually you know closer to middle of the pack against. I think they were like seventeenth against the run or something like that. So not exactly you know incredible, but they're not nearly as bad as like the 29th ranked pass defense that they were you know last season and nothing has changed you know jamal adams isn't gonna all of a sudden be incredible again yeah russell wilson like they'll run the ball in sustained drives like i said but you're gonna have long drives or what you really want is quick scoring drives and you know have the seattle offense give the ball right back to the broncos so i just see i don't i don't necessarily know unless I'm completely wrong in the Seattle offense, and they just are very efficient somehow with Geno Smith running um, the show. I think Russell Wilson has a great script here. He feels incredibly safe for it does. 20 for I, twenty plus points, so I, it's not a bad sure. pick at all. I just for sure. I don't know why I always struggle with like, oh, that team is so bad that the quarterback's right. going to have to do nothing for a half. And but it, that's not always the case. Yeah. NFL teams put up a fight, so for sure. Revenge game narrative. They're going to let him score. Let's talk about running backs. All right. Travis, who's your running back big pick of the week? It is going to be Elijah Mitchell. We did make these picks before the George Kittle news blurb today, but I still think San Francisco is going to be able to do whatever they want against Chicago. And I think they're going to have over 30 rushes as a team pretty easily between mm -hmm. Between Lance and, and Mitchell, 30 rushes seems like a floor. Vegas is predicting 49ers to score about 28 points of the over-under 41.5. So that means a big lead for a lot of the game. I think full sure. second half, we it, we see an effective Elijah Mitchell just keep pounding the rock. Um, so is there my any worry for you, though? Is there any worry for you that like we see like a Jeff Wilson vulture or a Tyrion Davis price? Yeah, item? I mean that that's always that's always something that happens with San Francisco. But we saw a lot last year when they had multiple guys healthy. When Elijah Mitchell was healthy and rolling, he did not come off the field for a while. So yeah, they I can see a vulture happen. I can see Lance vulturing. Touchdowns are really hard to predict. I love the guys who are going to pound the rock inside the twenties. I have Elijah Mitchell going for around 115 total yards and a few good looks at the end zone. Hopefully he punches one yeah. in. Yeah, that's probably likely. The Bears, like I said, they're pretty – they're okay against the pass, but the running defense, there's – the rushing defense, there's nothing there. So I will be shocked to see any kind of resistance against that defensive line. Yeah. And Elijah Mitchell, like you said, uh, being on a rush, rushing offense, that's going to pay some dividends. No doubt. My running back big pick of the week, though, this Travis is playing on a highly prolific offense. And granted, you know, a trip to the Super Bowl doesn't quiet down expectations. And I don't care how many you know touches Samaj P. Ryan gets. I'm talking about Joe the Man Mixon for Even the Cincinnati. Pittsburgh. Well, you hear that because you hear Pittsburgh and you think, man, that's an incredible defense. But and what if I told you that they is. were one of the bottom rushing defenses in the entire league last year? I'd be shocked, and, actually. I would be. And now we're talking about an upgraded offense. Okay, a top, let's call them a top five offense in a much improved offensive line going against one of the worst rushing defenses from 2021. 
And do I need anything else? Man, this is a smash spot. This is a guy that's going to go out there. He's going he's gonna to catch passes. I've got him projected for 24 total touches and 120 yards Oof. and a touchdown. Oof. This is going to be a – I love Joe Mixon. This is hard for me to buy week one, though. Pittsburgh's going to be hyped up. Is it in it's Pittsburgh? It's lofty. It's lefty. It, um, I would have to check. I quick it is. Go ahead and check. Maybe it is in Pittsburgh. It's not going to change my – it's not going to be – it's not going to change my, it's my opinion Cincinnati. of it. All right, perfect. All right, well, then I'm going to double it. He's going to have 50 touches, 240, 240 yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely temper, uh, no tempering of the expectations right here. Let's talk some wide receivers, some pass catchers, some guys that aren't going to break my freaking heart like Allen Robinson did tonight. Who, um, you know, I'm going to take this one. I'll let you, I'll let you follow me up with, okay. with your wide receiver. I'll double up right here. My wide receiver big pick of the week is Michael Pittman. Big Mike Pittman. He is facing a juicy, and I mean J-U-I-C, matchup against the Houston Texans because everybody beats up on the Texans. It's the same narrative I just spoke about with the Jets. They drafted a high-value corner with an early pick in the draft. Who cares? Michael Pittman is an Adonis. He will go out there, and he's not like a Julio Jones. Don't get your mind twisted in trying to say, just because Matt Ryan's there at all, you know, like, don't try to argue against the point that Matt Ryan's going to turn him into a Julio Jones. Michael Pittman is not Julio Jones. If anything, he's closer to, like, a a bigger Keenan Allen He's very good like at Mike running Evans. routes. He, yeah, Mike Evans is a great comp. Yeah. Um, he, he is just very he, smooth in his routes, and he knows how to create separation. He just so happens to be a very large human being and has a, a large uh, catch radius. So Michael Pittman against the Houston Texans, and now he has an improved quarterback who knows where he's going to be, better anticipation, more you know, calm, cool, collected in the pocket, and the the accuracy improvements are just going to be you're going to see it on the field more efficiency my projection for him this week against that that team 11 targets eight receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown i feel like that feels safe yeah. for him so should be more it, yeah it's gonna it's gonna feel really good so make sure you if you're on the fence at all in whatever league you're in about michael pittman you shouldn't be but feel even better now about him in your starting lineup all right, my wide receiver is not as clear-cut as a stud as Michael Pittman will be against the Texans. Adam Thielen, um, for the Vikings going against Green Bay, he has absolutely torched Green Bay in two of the last three games. In route to 8-for-82 in a score and 6-for-110 in two scores, Adam Thielen is somebody that you just love to look at your lineup and see going into the game. It feels like he wakes up out of bed, 75 yards, good chance at a score. He's been doing that for years. With a healthy Jair Alexander for Green Bay, what I think shattering, uh, shadowing Justin Jefferson, obviously. Shattering Justin Jefferson, absolutely. Yeah, he'll be shattered. He will be shattered. Uh, he will be, one of them will be shattered. I don't think Justin Jefferson goes absolutely off. Alexander, to me, is a top three, if not top one. Oh, or two cornerbacks uh, in the league. That's sriracha spicy. I like Alexander that. is an absolute shutdown corner. So that's going to be a great matchup. I, I of, of course, Kirk Cousins will throw Jefferson's way. But I think this is one of those weeks against the Packers where 
Adam Thielen gets more targets than even normal. I see a 10 target plus game. Um, I think Adam Thielen this week has around eight catches, 85 yards and a touchdown and touchdowns are, are not something I like to predict, but Adam Thielen, it seems sure. to, yeah, it's... to get a touchdown a week. So yeah, he's a red zone favorite of Kirk cousins. I like the narrative. It makes sense to me, especially, you know, inner division facing a number two corner, uh, Jair Alexander probably going to stay on Justin Jefferson most of the game. So I can follow you there in that logic and in a Kevin O'Connell offense coming in, we're definitely going to see an upgraded, at least a more modern offense in Minnesota. So yeah, I, I can follow the logic and I support it. So Adam Thielen, make sure you put that old man in your roster. He is going down. All right, my, am I going tight end or are you yeah, going tight you know end? What, go, yeah, go ahead, tight end. We'll, we'll, as we do on this show, we always end with the tight end, the most yes, important position in sports. Go ahead and tell me who your tight end big pick of the week is. All right. I am sticking in the Cardinals-Chiefs game. It is not Travis Kelsey. That's too mm. easy of a pick. Zach Ertz with DeAndre Hopkins out, Christian Kirk gone, Chase Edmonds gone, and a very, a, very old aging A.J. Green Hanging around, yes, Zach sir. Ertz and Hollywood Brown should both feast out of the gate, out of necessity. He, he just Ertz, keeps producing. <laughs> he saw 43 targets in the final four games of last year That's when Hopkins ridiculous. got hurt. So crazy. Over 10 a week. Um, and yeah, what will be up. a shootout, as we keep saying, I expect it to be high scoring. Zach Ertz feels like a very safe bet for a lofty 8 to 10 targets which it doesn't sound lofty when you hear 43 over the last four. Right. Um, I'm projecting around seven catches in a touchdown. They will need Zach Ertz quite a bit, and he has been incredibly effective. Kyler Murray loves throwing him the ball. McBride is exciting. Zach Ertz is not right. leaving the field. So Zach Ertz, for me, will easily outproduce whatever he's projected on your platform by over five points. Yeah. You know, all he's done since he's arrived in Arizona is – be on pace to be the tight end four. So yeah, he's nice. Yeah, it feels good. A guy, not, something should make you feel good. It's uh, it's a guy that's produced in, at his position, and now he's got even more opportunity. So I love that pick, Zach Ertz against Thanks. the Kansas City Chiefs. My pick makes me feel good because obviously I support this man and everything he does. I followed his entire career, but he just so happens to be in a spot where. Look, I think that the volume is going to be there, for, and especially for a tight end. That's what you want. It's Cole Komet against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now, the touchdowns are always tough to predict. So, you know, I always take them with a grain of salt. But this guy, last year we saw it. He was a reliable target in this offense. There were only five games last year that he didn't see at least five targets. And that gives me a lot of hope, especially in an, uh, hopefully a more mature offense led by uh, second-year Justin Fields and some more rapport, some more trust, more importantly, and a, and a coaching staff who really understands how to use him in his skill set. Getting Komet open, you know, hopefully get some red zone opportunities. Maybe this offense doesn't sustain many drives, and that's okay, but all we need for a tight end to be successful are targets and touchdown opportunities, and I have a feeling that those are going to be present in this game for Cole Komet. My projection for him this week against the 49ers is eight targets, 70 yards, and a touchdown. I think he does find the end zone. It's lofty, but I don't I like think it. 70 yards is crazy. I think for a number two target who 
you know, maybe Mooney doesn't catch a lot of passes. I think Komet can get it done. I like it. They're going to be coming from behind a lot. I think the Bears, sure. and he's he's statistically due for positive TD regression this year. So I would hope so. I I think on the season eight would be really nice for Komet, and I think starting off with one would be a really good thing to do. So maybe they for sure. force feed him in that red zone. He's a big body target. I I really like the pick. Yeah, he looked good in the preseason too. All right, Dustin, we are just over 45 minutes into this late-night show. We should That's wrap right. it up with some of our favorite quick hitters. These are really good for those of you listening. It's fun to jump in and say who you would pick because we can also always check late Monday night or Tuesday whenever we decide to record again. Um, yeah, who made we'll the take right, some questions as well. Who made the sure. right call. So, yeah, we'll take questions at the end. Um let me be the facilitator here for the first three. Dole them out, man. Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan week one. Carson Wentz against the Jags, Matt Ryan against the Texans. Given game script and everybody healthy, who do you think has a better fantasy week? A better fantasy week for me, I have I look, I have to if I if I believe in the offense i think it's got to be matt ryan yes the rushing upside for for wentz is there but i i gotta go matt ryan against the the texans i think the touchdown opportunities are there all right i will go carson wentz not just to be contrary but i think we've had is, this argument he is, all off he is just <laughs> overhated i love and i think i i again what we said earlier when the when the opposing team doesn't put up a big enough of a fight which the texans might not be able to do we could see so much Jonathan Taylor in the second half that Matt Ryan is just absolutely on cruise control. So yeah. um, you go Ryan, I go Wentz. Hard or quick hitter number two, Russell mm -hmm. Gage or Julio Jones out of the gate. I did some thinking about this one, and the answer and the conclusion I came to actually surprised me. I'm going to go with Julio Jones because okay. Russell Gage missing the last few weeks of training camp kind of has me a little concerned. I don't know what his role in this offense is going to be. I feel like his presence is necessary, but now that Chris Godwin may play, Mike Evans is going to be out there, of course. Julio Jones having the Gronk role, in my opinion. And then you've got Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, other guys taking passes. It's going to be a high-volume passing attack, but I feel like – Julio Jones probably has a more appealing role, in my opinion, than Russell Gage at this point. I also feel like Brady will make it a point to get Julio the ball early in the season, especially while Godwin is coming back. Much like you said, we will both go Julio here. Um, I hope it's Gage. I've got a lot of Gage in best ball. Yep. But it's just it, when Julio's healthy, he's you know one of the best receivers of all time. It's going to be tough for Tom Brady to say, why don't you stay on the sideline? It's Russell Gage's time. Um, right. Next and final from me will be Kyle Pitts, week one against New Orleans, over under 75 yards. You know, you make this tough on me because you know how big <laughs> of a fan I am of Kyle Pitts. That's but a good I'm line. not. That is a great line. You, I don't know where you got that from. I that's just a really, made it up. I said this a, is doable but tough. That's a really great line. I think Vegas is putting his line, though, this week at, like, I don't know, I think it's like 54 yards or something like that. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under for Kyle Pitts. I think that New Orleans defense is still stout, even getting rid of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They're deep at corner and safety. So I think that the pressure that they're going to be able to put on Marcus Mariota is going to be significant. 
and Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan. Uh, pretty sure that's his name. I I may have to check on that. It is. Um, it is. They're going to both pass. Both pass rushers from New Orleans are going to make it difficult, and the it's just a stout defense all through and through. So Kyle Pitts, I'm going to take the under on 75 yards. I will also take the under. I think he is between 50 and 60 yards. Disappointing fantasy day out of the gate for Kyle Pitts, but sure. Um, if he does, let's say he goes over 75 with a score against this mm-hmm. defense week one. Um, the hype will, will be insane. So I hope you have a second roster to trade for him in Dynasty because yes. that's what it's going to take at that point. That, I told that, you, <laughs> I told yeah. you about the touchdown regression. Yeah, I think uh, I think just under seventy five for Week yeah. One, but he, he's that good to where it, it makes it a tough line. Um, okay, you take the last two here. Yeah, we'll stay in the same game um, because let's flip to the other side of the ball. Three potential pass catchers. Some uncertainty here, of course. Olave, Chris Olave, the rookie first round draft pick for the Saints. You have Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. I'm curious to see who you think leads the Saints and targets in this week one matchup against Atlanta. My pick is going to be Jarvis Landry. Shocker. I said all offseason. I love think the man. He leads the team on the season in targets. Ooh. Um, so I think he definitely week one. Uh, Michael Thomas has not even confirmed that he will be 100% good to go. Yeah. So even if he suits up, maybe we get a few. Maybe we get a Cam Akers type performance from Michael Thomas. Interesting. Um, Olave, I like. He's going to be a great player. But Jarvis Landry is always open, always right in the middle of the field in the quarterback's face. He has done it his whole career, regardless of bad quarterback play or not. Miami, Cleveland. Jarvis Landry is a favorite of every quarterback seven, eight yards right in the middle of the field. I think he does that eight to ten times and out targets Olave and Michael Thomas. I'm going to respectfully disagree because I'll put a caveat on it because, look, if Michael Thomas is healthy, Michael Thomas will be the target leader. That is my my belief. I think that that Jameis will put the trust in Michael Thomas. No doubt about it. That's who it's going to be. If it's not Michael Thomas, I think it's going to be Chris Olave. Because Chris Olave is that talented, I think that the team tra- traded up a whole bunch of draft capital, even though they know they don't have a first rounder next year, to go and get this guy. When everyone thought it was going to be trading up to grab, you know, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, it's Chris Olave. You know, Chris Olave is that guy. He is that. He made a bunch of plays in camp. He looks great. And Jarvis Landry, talented, was very relevant for a long time. Because he was relevant for a long time, he is at the end. Of the, he's far past his prime, in my opinion. I don't think he demands 10 targets anymore. He'll probably get, you know, four to six. I think it's Chris Olave. I think that's going to be how they operate if MT is out. Okay. Um, one more. It's this general. one, I, I really want to hear your opinion on this one. Damian Pierce over under 65 yards against the Indianapolis Colts here. It uh, sounds he's the, like He's a darling. <laughs> He's a darling for the fancy community. He, I've seen him being drafted in the fourth and fifth rounds. It has and gone out of hand. So talk to me. Over under first week against the Colts, 65 yards. I'm going just under for Pierce. I think he's around 50 yards. The Colts are very impressive on defense. 
absolutely underrated and not talked about enough. When Leonard is on the field, he is dominating opposing mm-hmm. running backs. Um, I, I think when you look at the 2020 numbers, you see the Colts were not run on. So a rookie yeah. in his first game, I would not be surprised to see Burkhead even be a little bit more effective than Pierce just because he's a KG vet who kind of finds a way and understands the game. And, and they're going to be coming from behind, which is Burkhead's kind of – that's his deal. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think Damian Pierce around 50, maybe 55, but I don't think he gets to 65. He would have to break a pretty – I think he has to go for a 20-plus 20, 20 yard run to get that 65. Yeah, not impossible. Yeah. I think sixty-five for a starting running back, and in now you said total yards, so not not total rushing yards. yards. Yeah, I think that the opportunity is there to be, you know, just to be con. I was gonna say under. I'm starting to lean towards over because right. you you talked about the garbage time narrative. It's very much real for running backs, especially if they believe in his pass catching abilities. I think that he's going to have enough. It just takes one play, you know, yeah. one play, you know, 15, 20 yard run. And then the rest of the game, you can kind of make up for that ground to get to 65 yards. The Indianapolis Colts are a stout run D. you know, DeForest Buckner is no joke. Shaq Leonard is no joke. So the, and the Texans don't exactly have the strongest interior offensive line. They've yeah. got good tackles, not so Can't much guards wrong. and center. So it's, it doesn't make me feel super great. But I like being contrarian, and I like disagreeing with you. But also, I think that total yards, you know, especially in a game where they're probably going to be trailing for a good amount, I think it's possible. I, so I'm going to say the over, but just over. I think, you know, 66 yards I'll give <laughs> All right. All right, so quick recap of the five quick hitters of the night. Dustin says Matt Ryan over Wentz. Travis says Wentz. We agree Julio Jones over Russell Gage for week one. We both agree Kyle Pitts just under 75 yards. Dustin says Olave leads the Saints in targets. I go with Landry. And finally, Damian Pierce. Dustin says just over the 65-yard total total yard mark. I go just under. Absolutely. Just scrolling through the questions now as we kind of look to wrap up the show. B-Dubs is asking our thoughts on Brian Robinson. I think he's a guy you need to stash in your leagues if he is available and you have an IR spot. A hundred percent. I do because look, he's going to be back around week five and they're going to start getting him implemented. This is a guy you're looking at. I, I look at him very similar to like a Jameson Williams, maybe a very high value target. The offense obviously in the coaching staff, obviously want to get him implemented. He was going to be the starting running back for this team that, I don't buy Whatever it. that means, you know, they want to give him the ball. So it costs you nothing. You put him in a forget about him spot in the IR. Yeah. And then if you can do you that, gotta, I don't have any issue with that. For sure. Um, uh, who I else don't we expect got? Are, I do not expect him to be the starter once he comes right. back. I still expect Gibson to, right. to get that job, be effective, and make it really right. hard to be taken off the field. Jimbo Fisher asks our thoughts on Cam Akers. Uh, Jimbo. Listen, uh, if you can go back and listen to the beginning of the show, we talk about Cam Akers, but we can also tell you we have we have some questions. We're not looking to really start him next week. They face Atlanta, but we don't really know what the workload is going to be. You could end up with a big old whopping nothing. So if you have another guy you grabbed that you feel comfortable putting in your starting lineup, I suggest probably doing it until we see a little bit more clarity in that backfield. Travis, do you have anything else to, to add to that real quick? 
Nope. Well said. Um, Jared Holland asking about high upside running backs you'd roster for week one. Guys you'd be ready to drop after week one. Uh, thinking about some fringe guys. I'm already ready to drop James Cook. Sure. So high high upside guys. You know, Rashad White. You know, looking at that that kind of role. If you have him. Tyler Algier's a guy I, I picked up. So... You look at his role week one. If he gets, you know, like three, five, tar, you know, carries, drop him. You know, it, you'll, you can pick him up later. It's not, you know, supposed to be a huge offense anyway. Jeff looking, Wilson. Looking, Jeff, Wilson, Jeff I, Wilson. I have seen on a lot of waivers. I picked him up in a lot of dynasties. Um, yeah. You, you can grab clear someone like that. There. So, yeah. If you see handcuffs out there right now, yeah. go grab them. There's no reason not to have Jeff Wilson because just like last year, there's so many times when – a clear starter mm-hmm. goes down. Right. Everybody has Madison. Everybody sure. has the top three or four handcuffs in the league. Rashad White, like you said, he's probably more owned than Jeff Wilson. Um, yeah. Go find guys who are now clear twos that people have not talked about all offseason. For sure. And make sure you're paying attention to guys who your teammates drop. Yep. You know, a question that they just said, Javier G asks, who can we trade Henderson for? That's a great question. I we, don't necessarily... We can answer that probably better after week one. Yeah, let's let's take a look, see who, you know, maybe you're going to see some guys who who underperformed because right now he's a co-starter, you know, a, yeah. a guy who's getting a lot of the, the backfield work. So let's take a look and see how the landscape looks out. Maybe, you know, Brees Hall is going to get off to a rough start. We just talked about at the beginning of the show. That's a good one. You know, if you can take Henderson and, you know, a little bit extra and get Brees Hall, you know, sure, do it. So let's it's, see. Let's see who the yeah. who a couple buy lows are after week one. Henderson will be probably a sell high. Um, sure. Just because kind of you know what Henderson is. It, it, as long right. as Cam Akers is around. Henderson's never right. going to be a bell cow. And I think the same for Cam Akers now, unfortunately. I was hoping that sure. Akers' talent would win out, but I think it is going to be. And they, they told us, and I still didn't believe him. He, right. Sean McVay said, if we if everything goes how we want, it will be around a 50-50 split. So we'll see. Sure. Henderson is, is not the, uh, the epitome of health over his career. Obviously, Cam Akers isn't either. So yeah. one of them could benefit from that um, shorter, sooner rather for than sure. later. For sure. For sure. Uh, guys, make sure you follow us over on Twitter though. We're at losing sucks. I'm at Dustin BLNTN. You know, we're going to be, uh, pretty available throughout the season. Make sure you shoot us some, some questions, DMS, make sure you comment, you know, follow our live streams. We're going to be doing, we do them twice a week and we'll be happy to answer your questions there. We're, we love interacting with you guys. We love seeing the comments here, having the conversation. It's a lot of fun. Sure. Love that the NFL season is kicked off. Thank you so much for listening. It's week one heading into Sunday. It's going to be a lot of interesting storylines, and hopefully you all win your matchups. Good luck out there. Score some points. Stay healthy. And most importantly, losing sucks. Don't do it.